because of original sin, we're all born spiritually dead and physically dying. But the good news is there is a cure. There is a way to cure death and have eternal, spiritual, and physical life. And we'll talk about how in this week's episode of the Faith by Reason podcast. Welcome to the podcast. The website behind it all, as always, is faithbyreason.net. Uh, there you will find the blog and the podcast and a ton of great information, as well as our social media links. Please be sure to subscribe. Just put your email into that subscribe area right in, in the uh, right navigation bar, and you will get podcasts and blogs every week when they come out. So we are continuing to examine some of the uh, terms and concepts that came out of our study of the first dispensation, the dispensation of innocence, Adam and Eve, and the Eden narrative. So far, we have discussed justification and its derivative, which is religion. And in the last podcast, we started talking about life and death. God said that the day that Adam and Eve ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they would die. But since they did not immediately drop dead after they ate the fruit, we know that there was something a little more to the concept and the definitions of life and death. And we learned um, last time that life, when you get down to its essence, is the ability to repair. As long as we can repair any of the damage that is done to us through our through our cells replicating and getting the nutrients that they need to um, replicate and repair, we should technically live forever. There's really no reason for us to die physically because, again, we make a complete copy of every one of our cells every uh, 23 days. So why do we die? Well, death would, by definition, have to be the inability to repair. So what happened? Why do we currently have that inability? Well, remember in the last podcast, we talked about how um, medical science has discovered, and those who are willing to admit it have discovered, that every cell division requires the input of external information. So basically, God is the source of that information. So God is in every one of our cell divisions. And if we had a perfect fellowship with God, as Adam and Eve originally had, well, then that information would be perfect that goes into the cell division and each cell would replicate perfectly. But when they ate of the forbidden fruit, when original sin happened, that fellowship with God became imperfect. And when that fellowship became imperfect, then those cell divisions became imperfect. And again, those imperfections compound um, upon themselves over and over again and build up until the point where we cannot repair efficiently and when and we age and as we as that um, inability to repair again compounds as we age we eventually get to the point where some of our major organs the organs that sustain our life can no longer repair and then we die and that's what death is it's, it's the inability to repair because of that imperfect fellowship with God or a lack of fellowship with God and that presents a, a pretty serious problem when it comes to the meaning of life. We uh, found out in an earlier podcast that the meaning of life is to be with God forever, which means we have to be like God forever. But you can't do anything forever if you're dead. I mean, most of us, we, we live, if we're fortunate, some 70, 80, 90 years, and then we're dead. And once we're dead, well, I don't think God really wanted heaven to be populated with a bunch of corpses, unless he's just a huge fan of the walking dead. So you would think that there, at least theoretically, has to be some way to reverse this death, to cure um, our, the, the death of, of, of our bodies. And there actually is. In order to understand that, we really need to understand what the Bible, the source of truth, the source of God's word, says about life. What does the Bible say is the, the source of life? Well, if you look 
in the Old Testament, in Leviticus uh, seven, chapter 17, around verse 11, the, the Bible makes it pretty clear. God makes it pretty clear in his word that life is in the blood. It says in, in that verse, now I'll, I'll link the exact verse in the show notes, but it says that life is in the blood. And that makes sense, you know, medically and biologically speaking, because in order for our cells to, uh, you know, replicate and, you know, divide and, and do all the repair work that needs to be done, they need nutrients and they need oxygen. How do they get them? They get them through the blood. The blood and our blood cells are the transport mechanism for getting nutrients and oxygen that the cells need in order to continue living. That's the mechanism that they use to, to get um, the, those nutrients is the blood. The blood is the container of the, the the essential elements of life. If medically speaking, when you lose blood, you're you're basically you're going to die. I mean, that's that is the quickest way to die is, is from blood loss. Even if you even if you have nothing else wrong with you, if you if you are start to bleed out from a, um, a severed artery or a, a severed limb, even if everything was working fine before your heart, your lungs, your spleen, your liver, you will die because you will no because when you bleed out, you no longer have that transportation system in place to get the nutrients of life to those cells. And so life is in the blood. And, and if you read through the Bible, you will notice that throughout that entire biblical narrative, the Bible makes a pretty big deal out of blood and not in any you know macabre sense of the word. But I think it, it, it has to do with the importance of what life is. And life and blood are very important, not only to God, to the, you know, to the, the good guys in the Bible, but also the bad guys, you know, Satan and his minions and demons and fallen angels and all that. And we'll, we'll get into why in, in a later podcast. But if you notice everything, if you're looking at in that chapter in, in Leviticus and actually most of Leviticus, you'll see a lot of, of blood sacrifices. God demands that the Israelites sacrifice the blood of an animal to cover their sins. Now, this is not because, as some skeptics would say, because God is just the God of the Bible is just no, nothing more than, you know, the, like nothing more than the pagan gods of old who wanted people to, to make these ritualistic sacrifices to them in the name of religion. Well, we know that's not the case because God is not religious. God hates religion. And as we briefly talked about in the last podcast on religion, and we'll cover in, in detail when we talk about the law in the fifth dispensation, the reason for the law, the reason for all the Levitical laws in Leviticus and Deuteronomy are not religion. They're not ways to get closer to God. There are two reasons for the laws. One was to separate the children of Israel, the Israelites, God's chosen people, to separate them from the other pagan nations of the world. That's number one. And number two was to serve, those laws were there to serve as a, a rehearsal for the coming of the Redeemer, the Messiah, Jesus. So that's what each one of those laws are, are doing one of those two things. And in the case of blood sacrifice, it's actually doing two. It's, it's, it's doing both of those things. One, it's showing it's just rehearsing the sacrifice that Christ will make on the cross when he sheds his blood. And there's that word blood again. And it also will, it also serves to differentiate the practices of the pagan nations. And the pagan nations would actually consume blood as part of their rituals. And it says in Leviticus that folks are not, that Israelites were not to consume blood. And it's not because God has any problem with a rare steak, which is good because that's how I like my steak and I want to stay in God's good graces. But again, that's kind of religious. But no, in, in all seriousness, it's not because of the nutritional value of, of the blood or anything like that or because God just has some, doesn't like the, the sight of people drinking blood. No. The 
reason he didn't want them to consume blood was because, again, those pagan nations who were who worshipped gods, quote unquote gods with a little g, and they were really worshipping fallen angels and demons and that sort of thing. It, they would they would consume the blood as part of those rituals, and not to get too creepy, but in addition to providing the nutrients for life, providing the the transportation system for the nutrients of life, there is something apparently quite spiritually powerful about blood. Blood is always used in these ritual pagan satanic sacrifices in order to conjure fallen angels and demons. And by the way, there's a difference between the two. Fallen angels are not demons, and we'll talk about that more probably during the discussion of the second dispensation when we uh, talk about Genesis chapter 6 and some of the weird stuff that happens there. But for whatever reason, and I don't fully understand them, um, for whatever reason, blood is required in order to bring the spiritual manifestations of evil. And again, it's kind of creepy, and I have done some study of it, but it's not something I have a lot of expertise on, so I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it. Um, if you are interested, there are you know experts on it, like I would say um, uh, Russ Dizdar. I'll uh, put a link to his information in the show notes. He is an expert on all that ritualistic stuff, and I've listened to him. He's quite fascinating, but he is a serious expert on it, and, he, and, I, and I would prefer not to get too much into it because I am not an expert there. But there is power there is some type of spiritual power in blood in addition to the physical power uh, to, to transport the, the nutrients of life. So anyway, I'm not going to go too far down that rabbit trouble. Let's just bring it back to, to, the, to the point that uh, the life is in the blood. So if the life is, is in the blood, if the blood were perfect, if, if, you know, if, the, if the blood cells were perfect like the, all the other cells, um, were um, initially with Adam and Eve, then we would have eternal life because we would we would always get perfect transportation of those perfect life nutrients that would go into each cell and those cells would duplicate perfectly and we'd live forever. So, but since everything is corrupted, including the blood cells, we had that imperfect blood leads to imperfect cellular division, imperfect cellular structure, imperfect repair, imperfect life, which ends up in death, that inability to repair. So, theoretically, if we were to be able to access a, sur- a source of perfect blood, then we would have perfect eternal life because that perfect blood would perfectly nourish the cells and that would cause them to perfectly duplicate and perfectly repair and perfect and complete repair would result in eternal life. So again, just to wrap that all up, access to perfect blood would um, ca- would be the cause of um, perfect spiritual, I mean, excuse me, per- perfect um, eternal physical life. Where we get access to perfect blood? Well, I think if you're a Christian, you already know the answer to that. It has everything to do with the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, which we will get to you know, down the road a bit. But let's just stick a pin in that and, and note that we need to have access to perfect blood in order to live eternally physically. But our physical life is not the end-all be-all of life, not by a long shot. We are not just physical beings. We're also spiritual beings. And um, as we saw in some of the, in the first, you know, five, six, seven podcasts, what the, what's more important to us um, is, is spiritual and not the physical. The, the spiritual is far, far more important than, than the physical because the spiritual is the source of the physical. God is spirit. So when, and when God said, let there be, and he created everything, which you talked about in podcast number 10, he that that spirit brought forth the physical. The physical is a, is, is an effect 
of the spiritual. The spiritual is the cause, and the cause is always greater than the effect. So we really need to focus on spiritual, because not only did Adam and Eve die uh, uh, physically, begin to die physically, they also died spiritually because they were disconnected from God. So if blood is the is, is where physical life comes from, if that's the source, if life if physical life is in the blood, well then what's the source, the conduit for spiritual life? What is what is is the mechanism for the ability to repair spiritually? Well, let's look back to the Bible and see what the Bible says about spiritual life. And if you go to uh, John chapter 6, towards the end, uh, around verse 63, in the words of Jesus himself, he says, my words, Jesus speaking, my words are spirit and my words are life. So what does that mean? He's basically saying that words, specifically his words, are life. And he's speaking, of course, of spiritual life. Well, why are words or how can words be the source of spiritual life? How can they be the source of spiritual repair? Well, let's look at what words are. Words are like blood cells. They're containers. They're containers for something that will bring life to spirit. Just as blood in the blood cells are containers for the um, life-giving nutrients and oxygen, words are containers for something. What are they? Words are containers for information. Words are the way we communicate information. So let's just go um, down that ladder of causality. So if words are containers of information, where does information come from? Well, information comes from thoughts. All the information that's ever existed is a result of thoughts. And if you keep going down the ladder, um, the thoughts, the cause of thoughts are principles. And that's where we get back to God. God is causeless principles. We, we discovered that in, I think, podcast number uh, five, that God is causeless principles. And those causeless principles, the effect of those principles are thoughts. And then thoughts are information. And from information, we get words. So, since words are, are containers for information and thoughts, in order to repair spiritually, and since we know that spirit it comes from principles, in order to repair our principles, we need to have the right thoughts. We need to have perfect thoughts. If we have perfect thoughts communicated through perfect words, then we can repair spiritually. However, and, and when Adam and Eve were in fellowship with God, they had that source of perfect information, of perfect thoughts, of perfect words, and they were able to repair uh, spiritually just as they were able to repair physically. But when that fellowship was broken through original sin, well, we got a mix of thoughts from God, but also thoughts from other sources. We basically have imperfect thoughts that are coming at us through words, and these were, those words were imperfect, and they damage us spiritually, and they make, and they see, because of that, we heal or we repair imperfectly. So we are spiritually dead. We do not have access to to those perfect thoughts anymore, and we get those imperfect thoughts from a plethora of, of places. Unfortunately, a lot of those imperfect thoughts and words come from the pulpits, be it from you know preachers and priests and popes. You're telling us the wrong things about God, about the Bible, and those things damage us spiritually. We get, we get, we get imperfect words from from society who tells us the wrong things about 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 sex, about um, about politics, about the world views we should have, about the things we should value, about the things we shouldn't value. And I mean, if you look at, it, I just saw a report. Um, the other day about how much it costs to go to a football game. Don't get me wrong. I, I like football. I enjoy watching it a lot. But for a family of four to go to a football game, it's over $500. 
that's the that's the amount of money that we're spending on football. And again, I enjoy football, but is that really where all of our money should be going? Well, that's what society tells us. If you don't, you want to have a good time, you need to spend all your money on these frivolous things that don't really have a great impact on our lives. What what could you? What other great things could you do with that money that could actually help people? But again, we're we're blowing it on on things that that don't matter, but that society tells us do matter. The commercials that we see, the things that we're told to value, and those imperfect thoughts also come from ourselves. We are also a source of imperfect thoughts that damage our spirit and, and give us and, and make it uh, uh, reduce the ability of, of our spirit to heal. We talked about this in the How to Be Right podcast, that we have a mix of right and wrong thoughts in our head all the time. But we think that all of our thoughts are right. And because most of them are wrong and we think they're right, that causes physical damage. It causes brain damage. It causes spiritual damage. And we can't it impairs our ability to heal and repair and it causes spiritual death so how do we reverse that well the same way we reverse the effects of a physical death we need a source of perfect thoughts and perfect words and again we know what that source is it has to be god god is the only source of perfect information the only source of perfect thoughts and the only source of perfect words so we would need access to god's thought process and and of course God's blood in order to have the cure for death in order to re- be able to repair permanently and eternally physically and spiritually is to have access up to His perfect blood and His perfect and His perfect words and His perfect thoughts. Well, we know He has perfect thoughts, but does God have blood? Well, not in His spiritual form, which means He need a physical form. And of course, we're going down the road to the incarnation of Christ and what that all means. Which again we'll get to in the in the future. If you want a head start, I've already talked about all of this um, in the blog, so you can go to the blog, check the categories on um, the Redeemer and salvation, and you'll be able to um, to to get my my thoughts on that. And it's obviously vitally important because that's the story of our entire existence, the story of, of the entire narrative of humanity on this planet is the the things that the the pains that God has gone through to redeem us from our fallen state and the sacrifices that he has made and continues to make on our behalf. Again, it, and we're just getting, we're just scratching the surface of that narrative right now. We're just getting into it. And it's a, a we have a long road ahead of us. So it's going to be a really good and enjoyable road and I'm glad you're taking it with me. So with all that, I think we can wrap things up. The cure for, the cure for death is perfect blood and perfect words. And we get that only from the only source of perfection that we have, which is God. So that wraps that up. So now that we've talked about life and death and we know what, what life and death is and, and what they mean. It's time to move on and, and talk about what we're going to discuss in the next podcast. We have a couple more terms we need to get into. The reason for original sin, or at least the, the, the genesis, no pun intended, of original sin is the eat, eating of the forbidden fruit eating from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Well, those are two terms we haven't discussed yet, good and evil. Because wouldn't that mean that before Adam and Eve ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that they had no knowledge of good and evil? Well, technically, yes. Now, that doesn't mean they didn't know right from wrong. I mean, they knew that eating from the tree was wrong, and they knew that God was right. So that means that whatever the true definition of good and evil are, it, it, it's something beyond just right and wrong. In fact, it's something far beyond that. 
And I think you will um, note that just like with life and death, those true definitions of, of these words that we kind of take for granted is going to be a lot deeper, a lot more complex than you may have thought. And I think you're going to be surprised when you really find out what the true definitions of good and evil are and the impact that they have had and continue to have on our lives and our future. So that's going to wrap things up. Um, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, please send me your comments, uh, questions about the material we just covered today. Um, please uh, be sure to subscribe again. Just put your email into that little area in the right side on the right side of the screen where it just ask you for your email and you'll get the podcast every week. You'll get an email alert about them. You can also subscribe to the podcast via iTunes and Google Play and tune in and a few other sources if you want to do it that way. I would prefer you to just subscribe through the website, but do it any way you want. I would appreciate it that way. Uh, please follow me on social media on Facebook and Twitter. And I will talk to you next week when we discuss good and evil.